Welcome to the podcast for Velocity with Marisha Charsky. Each session, Marisha will talk with successful entrepreneurs and experts who have shaped and impacted the growth trajectory and well-being of entrepreneurs around the world. She will explore the tools, skills, and mindset needed to thrive in the high stakes and roller coaster space of running a business. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast, Create Velocity. Today's podcast is talking to your teens in times of financial upheaval. I'm your host and founder of EntrepreneursVelocity.com, and I am Marisha Charsky. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm really excited about our guest and our conversation. Our guest is Bruce Celery, and Bruce is the money columnist for CBC Radio and the North American syndicated television show, City Line. And he also hosts a weekly radio show on personal finance for Cyrus XM. Bruce has two books, one of which is titled Moolala, Why Smart People Do Dumb Things with Money. Bruce will give us some tips on how to approach the conversation of your company's finances with your team in a productive, transparent, and low-stress way, and why it's important to do so now. Bruce, I want to welcome you and thank you for joining us here today. It is yeah. totally my pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. You're welcome. We're you know talking to teams in times of financial upheaval. Mm. Ah, yeah, it, it can feel pretty grim out there right now for a lot of small and mid-sized businesses, Bruce. Yeah. Is there anything an entrepreneur can actually grab hold of from past market swings and conditions to give them some insight or maybe levity on the current situation that we're currently in? It is, uh, so on the one hand, the world has been through horrific times in living memory, not just, you know, centuries ago. In living memory, there was the financial crisis. There was the Great Depression. There uh, were wars, right? So in that way, it is, um, we have some experience as a species. In other ways, this is completely unprecedented because at no time in history have you ever shut down every sector of the economy around the world. I guess maybe, you know, one or two exceptions, grocery stores and healthcare. But yeah. other than that, it, this really is unprecedented. So I think we find ourselves in a period of great, great uncertainty. And so even the mom and apple pie assurance that I would have given in the financial crisis or the dot-com bust or after 9-11, it doesn't hold up quite so well because we are in uncharted territory, absolutely uncharted territory. All that being said, the other thing that we know from history is that we are a very, very strong species. We mm -hmm. have been through a lot and we will get through this. I think on the optimistic side, uh, there is uh, certainly the majority of people will survive and thrive post-COVID-19. There are many who will deal with a physical illness. There are many who will deal with a real challenge to their financial health. Businesses will fail, but the majority will survive. And I think if I would hold on to one thing, it is that, despite it, it, the fact that it's gonna be horrendous for many people, most of us will survive. And frankly, it's the best time in history to be in a pandemic because we have Wi-Fi and Netflix. Most people, Wi-Fi, Netflix, and stretchy pants and carbohydrates. I have been baking up a straw. There is no carbohydrate that I have not consumed in the last month. I got to say potatoes have been my all-time oh. favorite. 
Yes, potatoes, pasta. We made <laughs> the most calorie-laden Nanaimo bars last night. It was just insane. They were almost, and I have never uttered this phrase in my life, they were almost too sweet. Oh, okay. Almost. Well, maybe then that will become a secondary business, depending on how you feel about your yes. current business in this current pandemic. Yes. Well, there are a couple of realities for many businesses right now. As we said, a limited number are going gangbusters, you know, and some are limping along and some are just completely shuttered. Mm. It's always important to keep your team abreast, the backstage finances of whatever's going on. But Bruce, let's start with why that is more important than ever to do that right now. Mm. And I think the nuance I would say is there's a distinction between the finances and the results of the business. And the distinction that I would make is Mm -hmm. you want your team focused on the results that you say are the most important. That may not be the full P&L of the business, right? You may have never shared the P&L of the business and now may not be the time to share the P&L of the business. But I think what is... Uh, responsible, what is motivating, what is helpful is to include them in the results that you deem to be relevant to um, to their uh, outlook, to their morale, to what you want them focused on, right? So the P&L for so many businesses is horrendous. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is a real value to, um, to being honest and forthcoming and forthright about what's going on. Uh, But if you want your team to be focused on particular metrics, then I would get super clear on what those metrics are and what you want them, what you want them focused on. A part of that conversation is going to be about uh, what they can count on you for and what they can't count on you for. So they've got some clarity about that. And when I say what they can count on you for, some leaders would say, listen, I, they could count on me for honesty. They can count on me for compassion. Uh, they can count on, on me for a good laugh every mm-hmm. once in a while. But what they can't count on me for, because I can't count on myself for this, is necessarily being able to predict the future or to um, assure them that there will be a job for them next week, next month, next year. Because in some businesses, you really, really do not know. And some of our listeners may have already shuttered the whole operation, right? And they're listening to this from the perspective of how do I, you know, hold on to things such that when it's time, I can restart in an appropriate way. Yeah. So what, you know, we've got a lot of business owners listening and they want to be able to share something responsibly to just, everyone sort of has a sense of that it could feel very bleak. But how does one share in your your opinion, the numbers, whatever those numbers are that you think are important, the key metrics, mm-hmm. in a way that people see them as something that they can take hold of and use, and also at the same time, not get too um, depressed and um, be able to take action around using those metrics to in what they do day in and day out. Yeah, I think I think that really is the most important thing that you said is how what action do you want them to take from that? Because mm-hmm. 
Uh, in privately held companies, one of the metrics that you don't necessarily want your team to know about is what you have in retained earnings, right? right? So yeah. that that's not, for an employee, that's not, that's a founder's number. It's not an employee's number. And because uh, the, the founder may say, listen, I've got $2 million in retained earnings, but I'm not going to spend through $2 million in retained earnings in order to keep my staff on the payroll. Yeah. So communicating that number to them may give them the, the false sense that those retained earnings are going to keep carry them through the abyss. Yes. And that may not be so. Uh, so to think about what those numbers are, I mean, here, here's, here's a very simple view is in the very basics of the P&L, revenue minus expenses, I think that clarity could provide people with some sense of what it's going to take to uh, keep the business alive, even if it's hibernating, and then what you're going to need to focus on when you come out of this. So say you're a retail store, for example. Uh, maybe the founder would say, listen, here's what our monthly um, carry is to keep the doors open on the business. So there is rent, there is insurance, there is the payroll. So revenue-wise, in order for us to break even, we need to be doing this sell this many pair of jeans or do you know however you normally communicate with your staff about metrics we need to have a two thousand dollar day a five thousand dollar day whatever it is and so we can hold on for three months at um you know if we all take a 25 percent pay cut or whatever it is and then when the the government hits go and we're opening again here's what we need to do to go gangbusters again, because it is going to be, that re-entry is not going to be as quick as, oh, snap your fingers and ta-da, the doors are open again. Right. And that, I guess, would infer then that our listeners have gone through and really understand the numbers well enough for themselves yeah. to be able to have that kind of conversation. Yeah. Hundred percent. I think the equation that everyone needs to be doing is uh, how do we put the business in hibernation? If if that is indeed what your business has done, so some, as you said off the top, some businesses are going gangbusters because they, you know, they serve the healthcare market, or uh, or they're continued business as usual. If you're in garbage collection, GFL is just doing the same thing as they always did. Yeah. If you're a retailer of high end jewelry, uh, you know, in a tourist town, your business is probably zero. So some of the questions that I would ask are, what business are we in? How can we pivot to deliver on that mission in a different way? If we can pivot, what's the plan to do that? If we can't pivot, what's the plan to put the business in hibernation? And what does that mean in the short term? And what does that mean in the long term? So that's kind of the, the flow of the logic there. And within that are, is the financial picture and sort of fleshing that out for your employees so that they can see what part they have to play in that. Because one of the big uh, debates for employers, large or small, is what's better for the business and what's better for your staff in terms of the government support. So do yeah. you lay everyone off and have them go on to CERB? Do you keep them on the payroll and do the wage subsidy? There's no right answer. There's no right answer. Things are moving very, very quickly. And, um, and so, the, you know, the leaders, you know, managers, founders, whatever, are going to need to sort through that based on assumptions that are um, fictional at best. Fictional is maybe the wrong word, but we're all making these assumptions like, I don't know. Yeah. Who would have thought we would have been in this situation today? Yeah. So we're needing to make assumptions based on unknowable things. Clearly important to share those assumptions with your team when you're sharing any numbers, targets, et cetera. Yeah. Very important. And also maybe even exploring with them what their assumptions are. 
Yeah. Because gosh knows they probably have lots of them and they may not even yeah. know how much they're driving, how they're thinking about the business and going forward. Yeah. And I just, just let me interject here. One of the things when you're talking to your team about the financials of the business is that conversation is inextricably linked to the financials of the individual. Right. So I think one of the great things that, that founders and business leaders can do is be cognizant that the financial circumstances of their team may well be very, very different. So you've got two uh, entry-level employees who are making exactly the same amount of money. One is married to a person who has a job job, who's working flat out and, um, you know, has that. They have no income issue. They have a, how do I homeschool my children issue, but they have no income issue. And the other employee standing next to them on the Zoom call, sitting next to them on Zoom call, is a single person who graduated from school three years ago, is carrying $50,000 in student loans, barely making their rent, and the prospect of you um, uh, not hiring them back in three months when the store reopens is devastating. So we need to be really uh, empathetic. And and I don't mean that in a gushy way. I mean, it's like look into their eyes and think about what is their what is their reality, because it differs significantly. Uh, yeah. depending on their financial circumstance and frankly, their mindset too, right? Yeah. You've got warriors on staff, you've got stoic people on staff, you've got optimists on staff, you've got pessimists on staff. So how do you think about all those different people and give them what they need? Some people will listen to the facts, move on, onwards, here we go, they'll go and do a Zumba video. Someone else will listen to that same conversation and uh, drink themselves into oblivion. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. I'm already hearing that with some of uh, my clients about, you know, high performers before the pandemic, um, you know, super great countable employees. And during the pandemic, it's like just triggered so much anxiety for them that it's really hard for them to be productive. And, you know, this client is making decisions about who to keep on board in the short term. And it's really hard because this high performer has suddenly turned into someone they can't count on. Yeah. So yeah. then, you know, the numbers shift about, well, you know, how do I make that decision around if I do do a layoff and what that might look like for the 100%. team? 100%. So, and there's a, bit, there's a bit of a victim Olympics going on yeah. right now. <laughs> say more, where say people, more. <laughs> well, you listen to people and how, they, how, they, um, how they're dealing with the crisis. And it is a problem for every single person every single person out there, regardless of what is going on in your life, it is a problem. And so I think what I hear is people who are kind of like sometimes one-upping the the stakes. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm cooking for three seniors in my yeah. neighborhood. Yes. Oh yeah, my mom's in a care home. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think we need to be super compassionate for what people are dealing with and also just take yeah remember that as hard as it is for the person sitting next to us, it doesn't mean that it's not hard for us. And as founders, I think, uh, and and entrepreneurs and leaders, many founders and entrepreneurs are carrying the weight of the lives of the people who work for them and work with them, right? Like you're an entrepreneur. You're not, this is not a uh, intellectual pursuit. This isn't just something you kind of show up and punch the clock on. You probably started this business. You believe in this business. You're passionate about the business. The business is inextricably linked to your identity. It's more than just a business. And so caring for your employees, I would argue matters more to an entrepreneur than to a mid 
mid-level manager in a big corporation. Because, you know, it's like there's a disconnect or a, there's a, uh, a separation there. For entrepreneurs, this is deeply personal. And so I think um, I was talking to one entrepreneur who was like, okay, I understand all the challenges that people are dealing with, but let's remember that I am responsible for the bread on the table of 50 human beings, 50 human beings, plus their spouses, plus their kids. I carry that weight with me. And uh, I think to, for, for, to find a way for your employees to, you, you can't put that on them, but that there needs to be a sort of a circle of compassion that people understand that there are so many different uh, environments that people are operating in right now. Yeah. And so that's a part of this conversation when you start to share this information. Um, but I want to go back to something you said earlier, which I think is really important, is that if you don't know what's going on for your people beyond them showing up however they show up now it's important if you're going to have this conversation because it could put someone over the edge even if you make no plans to um, do any layoffs or to cut someone's hours you really need to understand uh, what's going on for them in their world so that you can do this responsibly and if we talk about you know we're going to talk about this being about a productive transparent and low stress way sharing this information, you got to get out and understand who you're talking yeah. to. And you're, you're, you're answering these financial questions through a number of different lenses. You're answering them through considering them through the lens of the business exclusively. It's all about the business. It's only about the business. Keep the business uh, alive at all costs. And you're looking at these issues through the lens of your people. You care for these people. You trust these people. These people have given you everything. And so how do you look at it through that lens? And then you're looking at it as well through the lens, of, for, for, through a personal lens. You're an entrepreneur. You have a family. You have the obligations. And it is only through considering all those different perspectives that you can come to some sort of a holistic choice on what it is that you're going to decide to do, both in the short term and in the long term, because some of the decisions that um, businesses make today have very, very long-lasting implications in terms of their, you know, high potential uh, performers staying with or not. Uh, how you spend your marketing budget uh, now will determine what your uh, business looks like in a year, even though it doesn't feel like it does. How you care for your customers, even when they're delivering absolutely no dollars to your bottom line, that matters over the course of time. So there's a lot to consider. Yeah. And, um, you know, I certainly have found sometimes if you are the you know, you are the sole entrepreneur. It's only you. You've got a hundred percent share in your own business. Sometimes it can be harder to think through this because there's not a sounding board who has that same stakeness in the business. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, having, I would guess, Bruce, would be important to have someone you really trust to talk through this conversation before you actually have it with your team. Yeah, I think that's a great a great suggestion because as you say, in a massive corporation, you've got functional leaders who are accountable for fa- finance, marketing, product supply, HR, right. whatever. It may be you. Yeah. It's you. Yes. You're all those. So getting counsel from your departmental heads when they live inside your brain is a little more difficult. Yeah. So I think being able to bounce it off of someone is super, super helpful and having them ask the tough questions of, what matters, what's important, what is the information that's going to make a difference to my people. And you don't owe um, full transparency to your people. That's not your obligation. I think you and I have a shared belief that transparency is a very effective 
value when it comes to empowering people. Not all leaders have that value, by the way, and that's not right or wrong. They may have a, a different value and be extraordinarily successful in what they do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I think, you know, you talk about values. One of the things I talked about earlier on in a previous podcast and some of the writing I've done is just the importance of really being grounded in what your values are right now so they can help you make decisions or even talk about this, uh, you know, your, your numbers and your metrics in a way that links back to the values of your organization. Yeah. Yeah, and how important that is. Now, we talked about low stress way. Mm. Um, do we overpromise when we said we would give give our listeners a, a low stress way to do this? <laughs> I think it's all relative. Okay. So as we think about how do you talk about your financial the financial picture with your employees, how do you not amp it up? Really, because everyone is operating with such a high level of stress. Perfectly functional marriages, perfectly functional family dynamics are exploding into something that best fits on the Jerry Springer show. Not because it's a bad marriage or because families are ill-intentioned, mm-hmm. but because we can't leave our houses <laughs> because our friendships exist solely on Zoom because we spend now 95% of our waking hours staring at a screen and so do our children. So, you know, low stress, I think... Um, maybe as least stressful as possible might mm-hmm. be a more accurate characterization. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so let's say you've, you've, you've prepared yourself, you've done all sort of the right things. You've hit the right boxes. You're in the middle and I'm going to push you beyond being um, in the financial space and the, the, the money columnist you are. But as I know you to be who you are, what happens if you're talking to someone about this and they, you can see in their eyes something's happening that is freaking them out mm. as, you're, as you're sharing this information? You know, what do you think, they sh- what do you think our entrepreneurs should do? So I think it depends on the context. If it is a group Zoom call, I probably wouldn't single them out, but I might uh, just do a timeout and a check-in. And Mm -hmm. the check-in can be as simple as, how are people feeling? What's going on? If I were to have uh, an x-ray machine that could illuminate the thought bubble of what you're thinking inside your head, what would it be? Mm. And your ability to get an answer to that question, an honest answer to that question, is uh, linked to how you have been in the past 12 months with them, not so much um, what's going on in that immediate moment. Though I will say, in a lot of contexts, people have a much higher level of disclosure than they did in the past just because we all realize that um, we waste a lot of time not being clear in our communication. And so I have seen a lot of clarity in our communication that I might not have seen even a month or six weeks ago. If this is a one-on-one conversation, I absolutely think that great leaders can put a pause and say, hey, I just want to check in and see how you're doing. And one of the things that I find helpful is... um, multiple choice questions. So um, this is, and you can be playful about it. This is where you said we would have some levity. This is where you can have some levity. So here's your multiple choice, Marisha. I'm going to give you um, a number of answers. So how are you doing? Your first answer could be, 
you totally stopped paying attention to me because um, your dog is eating your couch. You are deeply (laughs) upset by what I have said and are already planning your move from your house into a box in uh, your local park where you will live from now until the day you die. You are, you know, like, and you go through and do some real scenarios and some playful scenarios, Mm -hmm. hoping that you can illuminate, if not what they're actually experiencing, then enough freedom for them to say, no, I just, um, you know, I just, I'm, I'm grieving what I thought was going to be a really wonderful year for myself. I'm just yeah. grieving that. It's like, got it. Like, I got tons of room for people to grieve. I got tons of compassion for people who are having to shut down a future that they were so deeply excited about. And, you know, I mean, that's both the entrepreneur and the employee. We all have things that we were excited about. And now it's like, oh, what, what, what? that's not, that's not happening. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. So the multiple choice, it's a, it's a tried and true tactic that I do it on email. Sometimes I do it in live conversation. And it just means that you can kind of get people to um, see that it's safe to have whatever thought or feeling that they, that they may have. Yeah. Got it. Last question for you, Bruce. Uh, thoughts on frequency of these kind of conversations with a team? Depends on what they say they need. So if there's a material change in an assumption, yes. Uh, but I would ask them, so how do you, what do you need? Do you feel like uh, it is helpful to know what's going on in the business on a weekly or monthly basis? Do you instead want to focus on something else? It also depends. I think one of the things that we should add as a nuance here is for some of our entrepreneurs, they've furloughed their people. So those people may still want to be in communication. So they may still have an update call in only that then they'll have an idea of when and if they're coming back. So um, I think frequency depends. Look, the, the, how this economic story plays out. I think there are three pieces to it. There is the social distancing impact on demand. So you can't actually go to a restaurant because you're socially distancing. There's the cultural impact on demand, which is governments say it's safe. I'm allowed to go into the restaurant. I don't want to go into the restaurant. And then the third is the financial impact on demand. The restaurant is open. The government says I can go. I'm comfortable to go. I'm not worried about it. I can't afford it because I've lost three months of income. So as we think about and talk about the future for our business, we need to be thinking about how is that economic rebound going to unfold and what, what does that look like in terms of the metrics over three months, six months, 12 months. Right, right. And what we um, are trying to forecast will be the new normal when things start to settle down. Bruce, those are fantastic tips. Thank you so much. And and really, really important and rich conversation for our entrepreneurs. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. It was totally my pleasure. And my last thing that I would say is it is going to work out just not in the way that we thought. Yes, very good and wise final words. Everyone, that was Bruce Celery. You can get more of Bruce at moolala.ca, brucecelery.ca. Now, I'm going to have all those links on our website at entrepreneursvelocity.com. We'll also put a download of some of the key points and action items from my conversation with Bruce today. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. This is the Create Velocity podcast, and there will be another one out in two weeks. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. 
This podcast is brought to you by Entrepreneurs Velocity, a community filled with resources and expertise to take your business to the next level.